Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And I'm uh, drinking tonight. My wife made me open a bottle of wine because she's got a big day at work tomorrow. So I'm having a Thomas Allen Selections Generations Red Blend from Lodi, California. I was making the tiny motion... uh, Audio listeners cannot see, but I'm making a tiny motion of a, a tiny little violin playing a song just for you for being forced to drink wine be- with your I wife. I know, against my will. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm just uh, drinking water. That, that I'm also drinking water, too. Oh, good. It's good to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, uh, as many of you know, I guess, maybe you don't, uh, we do Whiskey Wednesday at work on Wednesday evenings. And so I had a couple little little uh, sips of of whiskey before I left. Oh, so you did you did your what? Where are we drinking early? That's all. A little bit early, yeah. And you can see which uh, which whiskeys I sampled today in my Instagram feed at nice. Veronica in my stories. Um, I always do a uh, whiskey Wednesday post when I'm there. To, <laughs> For some reason, the share. way you said your stories made it sound like you're talking about soap operas. My stories. <laughs> I have to go listen to my stories. <laughs> I'm going to start thinking of your Instagram stories as soap up, little mini soap operas. That's fair. Yeah. That seems that seems reasonable. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's just kick things off. We we actually do uh, have an author interview baked into this episode, in fact. Mm, baked. Baked right on in. Tasty and delicious. That's <laughs> a gooey center. <laughs> I don't think Sam would like to hear that he has a gooey center. <laughs> we'll ask him. We'll ask him a little we'll later ask him. on. All right. Sam Sykes <laughs> is joining us, the author of this month's book pick, which I have not finished reading. So this is going to be interesting. So it won't be spoilery is also what, what that means. Yeah. Or, or you know, I was actually thinking I kind of got spoiled over on Goodreads. Mm. So I think maybe the interview should be spoilery. I'm, well, let's make the beginning unspoilery so people who haven't read or finished the book can enjoy part of it. And then we'll, right. we'll have a spoilery area, let's say. I like it. All right. I like it, Tom. All right, let's jump into the quick burns. Yes, thank you, Mark, uh, for noting that a new Expanse novella coming in December. For those of you who kind of got used to a new Expanse novel coming every December, uh, well, you're going to get something. You're going to get Oberon by James S. A. Corey. Uh, and the the, uh, the novellas, the, the short stories that have gone along with the Expanse universe have never disappointed. They've never felt optional. Well, I guess they're optional, but they've never felt like, oh, this is just a throwaway. You mm-hmm. know, it's not really important. They, they're they always very integral to to the stories. I, I like it. What do you know what yet what this one is about? Where it fits gonna, in? I knew you were going to ask me that. Oh, sorry. You, you can read the <laughs> description. Do, 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 do you not have the page do, open? Because I'm do, just scrolling do, do, to find do, out what do, it's do, about. Do, 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 I don't want to be spoiled, so I didn't. Okay, look. you know what? Don't worry about it. Don't Where worry. Don't worry is about it. The description on this Amazon page. <laughs> what the fresh? Okay, uh, Auburn explores a new and alien world and age-old dangers that humanity has carried with it to the stars. One of the most important colony okay. worlds in humanity's reach. There you go. All right, seems reasonable. No spoilers, <laughs> yeah, sure. that's for sure. 
Uh, TRP says, uh, in sad news, Stephen Moore, the original mm. voice of Marvin, the paranoid android on TV and radio, has died. Oh, well, Aww. I guess he didn't get to voice Marvin again. I loved Marvin the Paranoid Android when I first read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in high school, actually junior high. Uh, and I loved Stephen Moore's voice of Marvin the Paranoid Android on the TV series once I finally was able to watch the BBC series and, of course, in the radio plays. So here's to you, Stephen Moore, for making Marvin as depressing as I imagined him when I read him. Is it weird that I read Hitchhiker's Guide in high school as well and actually quoted it in my high school yearbook, and yet I never made the connection between Marvin the Paranoid Android and the album Paranoid Android, or song rather, or album song by Radiohead? I will go you one further. Uh, I am a huge fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, as I just mentioned, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, read them in, in junior high. I didn't make that connection until just now when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes um, two of us. Then. It seems really, really stupid obvious now that you say right? that. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I really love that song. I can't remember. Now I can't remember <laughs> if it's an album or just a song, but yeah, well. I love that album slash song. Um, huh. Okay. Anyway. Oh, weird. there we go. It's been a voyage of discovery for all of us. Indeed. Joanna, uh, Joanna says, go ahead. Oh, it's your turn. The the foundation series for Apple TV plus uh, Apple TV plus launches on November 1st. That's Apple's streaming TV service uh, that you can get on the Roku. You don't even have to have an Apple device uh, starts filming on November 11th in Ireland. And then Louie jumped in later with the following news that Lee pace, the pie man and Jared Harris uh, who's in the expanse uh, are joining the cast. A 10 episode adaptation. Harris will be Harry Seldon. Uh, Mm -hmm. the psycho historian who foresees the fall of the galactic empire and Lee Pace plays brother day, the emperor. Uh, so yeah, you probably believe more people know Lee Pace from guardians of the galaxy, I guess, but um, that's so, yeah, wait, I didn't even realize that Lee Pace is in guardians of the galaxy. Well, cause he's in the makeup, right? Because he's a Cree. Yeah. All right. Okay. But he's the, he does the dance off at the very end with amazing. uh, Yeah. With star Lord. And then, um, Jared Harris, who I have always known as like Mad Men. And oh, then, yeah, definitely. I think of him as Mad Men. And too. then he's been most recently in Chernobyl and he was. Oh, in, right. He was fantastic in Chernobyl. Yeah. But I, I, as soon as I saw that casting news, like I just read the headline that they were cast and I'm like, oh my gosh, Jared Harris is definitely Harry Seldon. Jared Harris always plays short term characters with huge impact, right? Like in the expanse and in, in the crown, he was on the, he the was crown, that in the crown too in, in mad Men. Of course, Chernobyl's just a mini series. So, you know, he's a main character in that, but it's, you know, only six episodes long or whatever. So this is perfect him to come in and be Harry Seldon every once in a while. Ah, it's perfect. Yeah. So, love so it. well love casted. Uh, Tazzy Dave says this year's Booker Prize has gone to a science fiction fantasy book. It was jointly won by Margaret Atwood for The Testaments and Bernadine of Evaristo for Girl, Woman, Other. Uh, this is Atwood's second Booker Prize. She also won in 2000 for The Blind Assassin. And Bernadine Evaristo is the first black woman to win the award. Congratulations. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I mean, it's it's great to see uh, a genre book like The Testaments uh, win, but it also feels weird to call The Testaments or Margaret Atwood's books genre books, even though they f- definitely are, because uh, they're also great literature and deserving of the Booker Prize. So that's fantastic. 
Seth uh, wrote that another speculative fiction award has elected to change its name. The James Tiptree Jr. Award will now be called the Otherwise Award. And there are facts you need to know to understand this change. Uh, the tiptree.org uh, folks uh, at the, as they call it, the mother board, uh, took a lot of time to really think this through before they made the decision. Uh, James Tiptree Jr., if you don't know, was the pen name of Alice Sheldon. And on May 19th, 1987, she shot her husband, Huntington, and then herself. He was 84 years old. She was 71. And he was blind and disabled. Now, it has mostly been described by authors and members of the family as a suicide pack. But others have come to see it as possibly caregiver murder because she was 13 years younger and he was blind and disabled. So that has become a point of controversy. Uh, the Tiptree Jr. Award itself was started in 1991, four years after her death, to remind audiences of the role gender plays in both reading and writing. The award was named in Sheldon's honor at the suggestion of Karen Joy Fowler. So Tiptree has sort of been a lighthearted play on this idea that she had to have a male name when she started writing. To be successful. To be right. successful. So they wanted to preserve that spirit. They wanted to satisfy the concerns of the people who are like, yeah, but this could be something that's not great. So they have changed it to the Otherwise Award, uh, drawing on Black queer feminist scholarship around what is termed as otherwise politics. I have to say, I read all of the blog posts over on the Tiptree motherboard and really kind of dug into this story a lot. It was probably the most considered and measured decision-making process I think that I've ever seen from an organization. Um, Especially they, they took, they listened to both sides. They took feedback from members of the community. It seemed like they really genuinely wanted to do the right thing. Um, and so kudos for for coming to a conclusion that I think still s- still is is at the heart of the spirit of the award and honors that the people ha- who have won it in the past and and Sheldon as well. Um, so it's 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 it was an, an interesting thing to to read the kind of ins and outs of. So I, I definitely recommend uh, that you go over and, and read the discussion around this too if you're interested because I think that's even as interesting as as you know the award itself. Yeah, I thought I've I found it very satisfying that they didn't just react. Right. Mm -hmm. When you say sometimes when you say do the right thing, a lot of people mean do what I want you to do right now. Right. And and that is that is not what they did. Uh, They were very clear and transparent about what they were thinking. They said they were not going to change the award at that moment, but it didn't mean that they had decided against it. Uh, And like you said, they carefully considered things and and took the time to understand what the implications of the change would be, Mm -hmm. not just giving in to people, pressuring them to change it. And in the end, they changed it for good reasons. And I think that, yeah, I think that was really, really well done. So uh, good job to the Otherwise Award Board. All right, well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And we got an email over at feedback at swordandlaser.com from Dale, who writes Sal versus Mags. He says, wrapping up Trail of Lightning, you compared Mags and Kate Daniels. I think he's talking about me. I would like to hear your thoughts comparing Sal the Cacophony with Mags, since the fall theme seems to be badass women, mage slash witch slash monster hunters. Huh. Didn't even realize that. Yeah, it is kind of the theme. Uh, I 
think Sal has fewer issues than Mags. Not that Sal doesn't Ooh, have issues. Really? But I, I, well, okay. But you're jumping on me before I finished. That's true. The nuance of the thought, which is uh, Sal has plenty of issues. Don't get me wrong. But I think Mags, maybe it's not even fewer issues, right? It's not a, it's not a scorekeeping thing, but Mags has complex issues that she's not dealing with. Sal may not be dealing healthily with her issues, but there's a little more awareness of what's wrong with Sal that I think Mags is still kind of running away from her problems. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, honestly, I think Sal is more like Kate than Mm -hmm. Sal is like Mags or Mags is like Kate. Yes, I think that's true. I think that is very true because it's not that Sal has resolved her problems. It's not that Sal doesn't want to resolve her problems, but Sal's solution for resolving her problems has involved revenge and a sentient gun. (laughs) And I'm not sure if Sal had a medical professional she was consulting, if that would be considered, uh, hey, you're fine. You're great. Don't need to see me anymore. Yeah. So I think that's that's an interesting comparison. And uh, kudos for for recognizing that apparently we had a theme that we didn't realize. 280 character book review by Beth Mitchum came to our Twitter. Thank you, Beth Mitchum. Uh, Trail of Lightning, Rebecca Roanhorse. I loved the complex characters in this. The heroine and her friends did some bad stuff and the villains could be sympathetic. And sometimes it was tough to say which were which. Looking at you, Kai. (laughs) <laughs> nice excellent review <laughs> and, yeah. and then we had a number of responses over on twitter too to our discussion from last episode about rereading to reread or not to reread and the first one was from beast Witch wow who said i'm a big fan of the reread i just finished lord of the rings for the sixth or seventh time read the silo series again and have started king killer and the expanse is next up I intersperse between new reads, though. I have at Veronica's same guilt about not reading all my many books. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I am. Like, I don't have a problem rereading, but I'm very selective. Mm -hmm. Uh, I recently reread the whole Harry Potter series, and it's because it'd been so long since I'd read them. uh, And they were all there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I could just go through all seven of them. I will. I have planned for some time to reread The Expanse when it's done. Like, I just mm, want to go mm-hmm, back and just mm-hmm. re-experience it. And that's when I'm going to do the audiobooks because I've always read the ebooks of The Expanse since the beginning. Nice. Sometimes reading an old favorite is the best way to get over a bad read, says Joe R4BB1T. <laughs> Joe Rabbit. Joe Rabbit. rabbit. Joe yeah. Rabbit. <laughs> Not Joe Joe Rabbit. Different. Oh, yes. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I know. I think I'm going to see that Friday. Uh, Turtle is my totem says listening to your new episode. I love to reread uh, one that he loves to reread or they love to reread is lightning by Dean Koontz. I also like to reread Duma key and from a Buick eight by Stephen King on the nonfiction front. I like to reread the Island of the seven cities. Ah, and then here's a question that I think is mostly for you, although mm-hmm. I, I certainly can weigh in on it. Would you ever bring any of your former hosts from Vaginal Fantasy onto the podcast as guest stars or stage a mini reunion? It'd be great fun to hear what they think about the latest sword picks. Oh, that's from R. Marple. Um, yeah, I think I just hung out with Bonnie, actually, just a couple of weeks ago. So I, I think Bonnie would be awesome to have back on the show for sure. We could have Bonnie in studio because she doesn't live that far from me. <laughs> that's true. Do you have the setup for two mics? Yeah, I do. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good idea. 
No, we should Excellent totally do that. idea. I believe that's Richard R. Marpole. I think that's I Richard Marpole. I think that's right. That sounds right to me, too. Yes. Very cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for sending in your suggestions, as always. Feedback at swordandlaser.com, and the Twitter handle is at swordandlaser. Leave us some suggestions, or feedback at swordandlaser.com. Now, just in case we do end up uh, spoilery with Sam Sykes at the end, uh, let's go ahead and let you know that next month's pick will be The Snow Queen by Joan D. Vinga, uh, Werner Vinga's uh, ex-wife. Uh, I she thought was, it was you, Vinge like Hinge. Oh, Vinge like Hinge. You're right. I always do that. Joan D. Vinge. Sorry, I apologize. Take that out. Uh, Joan <laughs> D. Vinge. Uh, uh, she is the ex-wife of Werner Vinge. Uh, they were divorced in 1979. They were married from 1972 to 79, but she started be getting published during that time, so she kept the name Vinge as her author uh, name. Uh, she later married another science fiction author, James Frankel, in 1980. They had two children, uh, and they live in Green Valley, Arizona. Interesting thing you might know about Joan DeVinge is that she had a car accident in 2002. She was unable to write for five years. Wow. Uh, and her first book after returning was the novelization of Cowboys and Aliens. Uh, she since has been putting out some more books, including a new edition of her cat series novel, Scion, with a sequel novel, Siren, uh, all together in one volume. And she also makes and sells dolls. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's so inspiring that she got back into writing after that horrible accident. So the Snow Queen was a Hugo Award winner in 1981, uh, and it is loosely based on the fairy tale The Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen, which is also the basis of Frozen, the <gasps> animated. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know how many actual, you know, when you're based on based on and the stories have been changed, how many actual crossover moments you may or may not uh feel but if you don't see enough i just would say let it go let it go let <laughs> it go <laughs> this is actually almost a sword and laser pick because there's a kind of a, a society on a planet uh, some of whom have tech and some don't. So there's some some magical thinking anyway, magical beliefs, spiritual beliefs of some of the people. And then there's also off-worlders and aliens. Uh, I can't wait to dive into this. Are there anthropomorphic snowmen? I don't know. Yeah. Uh I haven't I haven't got into it yet. So I I hope so. I okay. hope that at some point I will text you the moment I know for sure. Okay. Whether there is an anthropomorphic snowman, whether or not it's named Olaf, I will let you know. And as we mentioned earlier in the show today, uh, we are very happy to welcome our friend Sam Sykes back on the show. Uh, and we're going to talk about Seven Blades in Black, which, of course, we read for our book pick for October. And which also, as I may have mentioned, uh, I haven't finished yet. So we're going to be... <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, God. you guys. Invite um, me to your nice podcast. I know. Don't even bother to finish the book. Why don't you just? It's been a put, month, man. It's been a month. Well, you're 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 a busy person. It's been a month. That's what I tell people to make excuses for not finishing their books. But <laughs> you've, you know. you've got you've got dogs to see. Uh -huh. You also have dogs to see, and yet you still have time to write books. At least I could do is read them. My dogs are very elderly. They don't move that much, and all's well. Like, all right, I That's can actually I can our, watch our, them. Our first viewer question is from Mark, who wants to know how are your dogs, and I think you just told Mark. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to begin things on a bummer. So I will just say that my dogs are enjoying their twilight years. Mm. 
Um, they're both 14, which Aww. is which is pretty old for any dog, but uh, for little dogs especially, that's that's ancient. That's yeah, that's up there for sure. But I've had them both since they were puppies, so 14 Aww. years where they have just had a great life and have never known hunger, fear, or anything but just a good time. We should all be so lucky. I I agree, and I raise a glass to your dogs. Cheers. Well, thank you. I love the Elder Dojan. Yeah. They're the best. They're, Very they're sweet. little guys. Uh, but Sam, thank you for, for joining us on the show. Um, we are, as I mentioned, going to be not spoiler in the beginning, spoiler towards the end. Um, and t- Tom, do you want to kick off with more of our viewer questions first? I can take this one from Christopher, actually. We'll, 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 t- we'll talk about Seven Blades in Black for sure in, in a mm-hmm. bit, uh, but we'll let you know when we get to that point. Uh, let's start with the, the question from Christopher. Sam, if you could tweet insane things at one writer who has passed on, who would it be? We're really starting on a light note this episode. It's really... Yeah. <laughs> really, really. I mean, that's kind of light. I mean, they're I take, yeah. yeah. I I take umbrage mm. to this idea that I'm tweeting insane things. <laughs> like, well, if I you think could. you know, we could interpret Christopher's right. question as if you could tweet insane things. Like, <laughs> I just tweet whatever I happen to think is funny at that moment. Sure. Uh. And I don't know, like, do you remember there was a, there was a article a while back where someone asked a writer, if you could have dinner with any writer, uh, living or dead, who would you choose? And mm-hmm. he said, I don't, I don't think I'd want to have dinner with another writer. I would rather see my friends or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I really wish I had the courage to shit post. Can we curse on this? You just did. All right. I mean, yeah. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I wish fine. I wish I could muster the courage to shit post at Stephen King specifically. I think you take it in good humor. I think so too, but I also can't risk that. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, right? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah. Like, he seems like a very nice guy, and I'm sure there's a good chance he might find it uh, enjoyable. But like, I don't want to risk that. I had a very good tweet lined up where I was going to tweet at Mike and say, hey, I've been farting too much. Uh And he would say like, oh, you know, you can't say that. What what are you doing? He he didn't. He'd react with outrage. Yeah. To which I would say like, oh, sorry, I meant to tag someone else. And then I would tag Stephen King with Mike Cole and say, hey, I've been (laughs) farting too much. (laughs) But then that like, but then that would bring Mike down with me. So I can't, sure. I can't do that to either of us. Is that the ultimate win? <laughs> like, yes, it would be. It would be much more funny if I took Mike or in. I would probably tag Wesley Chew mm. on it as well, just because I've told them multiple times that if I die first, I'm having them all buried alive with me, <laughs> so that we can hang out. And I think this would be like the re- the good way to prove. That I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. Like if I will, yeah, yeah. if I will disgrace you in front of Stephen <laughs> King, I will <laughs> most certainly have you buried alive with me. I think that's the essence of Christopher's question: is uh, if you could have one writer who is no longer with us as part of that crew uh, of of Mike and Wesley and everybody, who would it be? Oh, 
policy, that's even better. But it's also not great because like most of the most of the famous authors were kind of dicks. Mm-hmm. And the ones that weren't dicks were probably worse. Because, you know, I talk to authors. I know mm-hmm. the maladjusted skeletons living in their closet. So, like, I don't want to, like, inv- like invite Mary Shelley to our crew. <laughs> but, like, let's, let's be real. She's not going to hang out with us. So. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she seems like the partying type. She would definitely hang out at a con. But yeah. she might not, you know, engage in a Twitter thread. Right. Uh... But even then, I don't think I could do that to her. So this is a really complex question mm-hmm. because it's got to be a, it's got to be a writer who I don't particularly care about <laughs> because <laughs> it takes a certain a certain chutzpah to hang out with us. Sure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will go with Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yeah. but as a ghost, I like it. Edgar Allan Poe's ghost could be hanging out with you right now. Because I saw a movie called Twixt (laughs) starring Val Kilmer as a horror writer who solves a murder with Edgar Allan Poe's ghost. There you go. I love it. I love Val Kilmer. I've seen that. I've seen that trailer. I've never seen that movie. Is it worth watching? No, it's not scary and it's not worth watching. (laughs) it's, it's, It's pretty bad. But I I can't help myself with Val Kilmer. Like, I I just want to see him succeed. Yeah. There's another horror movie where he's an evil superintendent of an apartment building, and that one owns. Is that scary? No, it's 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 not scary. It's it's just awesome because, you know, you just love to see him getting work. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but also... No, I mean, it genuinely is cool because Val Kilmer as an evil witch uh, janitor, it owns. What was that movie that he was in that was kind of like Mission Impossible-y? Um, uh, Top Gun? No, no. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, no, no. You're, you're, you're thinking of the, the comedy one, right? It was like a funny, but like also um, like action-y yeah, 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 yeah. There were a lot no, of great I, lines from that. I, yeah, I, I saw it. It's the one where he's in uh, Germany, right? As a Cold War spy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one is great. Uh, oh, I can't remember. I can't anyway, remember either. Classic Val Kilmer. Classic um, Val Kilmer. Back to questions about books. Right. Uh, <laughs> Willow says, were you inspired, I believe, for Seven Blades in Black by any strong female literary characters? And if so, who? Ooh. Um, that's a, that's, and the answer is yes. I'm just trying to, uh, ratify them all in my head. Mm. Uh, a big one was, uh, RF Kwong's The Poppy Wars protagonist, Mm. Rin, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who not only did I love, uh, I loved that book to death. But I loved how Rin was completely uncompromising, knew exactly what she wanted, and wouldn't stop until she got it. And, you know, even if it was at great detriment, either in the short term or the long term, 
uh, I was tinkering with Seven Blades around the time that came out, and I knew I wanted a really smug jerk of a hero. Uh, but I didn't know how badly I wanted a really obsessed hero until I read Poppy War. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was so into that because it was such an expert. Uh, I like, I like, I, I, I find as I'm getting older, I become like less compromising in my writing and my, uh, and you know, my opinions on storytelling and, I want to see protagonists who are in for the kill. Like they follow through on their decisions and live with the consequences. I have that. I have just such a love for characters like that. And Poppy War is pretty much a master class of that. Uh, But like, uh, I think that's the main uh, source for literary heroines, but uh, a lot of Seven Blades is inspired by video games. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of the inspiration for that just comes from a lot of Final Fantasy protagonists. One of which was my favorite was uh, Celise Cher from Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. And I loved the idea of a character who, A, you know, was cultured and loved opera, but also had a sword. And B, I liked the idea of someone going to war against a gigantic empire. So, like, when we talk about inspiration, there's never, like, you can never point. It's never, like, an A to B thing, you know? Like, you can mm-hmm. never point to, uh, you know, this scene was inspired by that. This mm-hmm. scene was inspired by that. It's it's all one large stew. And parts of that stew bubble up to the surface now and again. That kind of leads well into to Sean's question. Uh, he says, in your eyes, what are the hallmarks of a really good fantasy story? Like, what, what makes a good stew? Uh, I mean, the lame answer is that really the same thing that makes all fantasy stories good, which is characters, obviously. But specifically, uh, I think where uh, where fantasies excel is that you have this limitless, limitless uh, opportunity to introduce pressures on characters, be it in the form of world building or monsters or magic. Like, we have a blank check. There's nothing that says you can't have, I don't know, a, a robot fighting a wizard. You can do that. And with everything you create creates a new stressor, a new pressure to put on the characters. And in doing so, the more pressure you apply, the more interesting the characters get. So I think what I really like in a good fantasy these days is someone who is going to take a lot of extraordinary factors and use them to bring out very real human emotions. Like, uh, in uh, one of my favorite books, Kings of the Wild by Nick Eames, which I highly recommend. Uh, you know, it's a it's a bog standard, not a bog standard fantasy story because it's it's its own thing, clearly. But it uses a lot of familiar fantasy tropes like orcs, minotaurs, elves and so forth. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the emotions it brings out are all real. Like there's a horde of monsters. 
And it's never viewed as like, oh, this great glorious thing. Let's all go kill monsters and have fun. It's a dire threat because it's threatening someone that the protagonists love. And that introduction of those monsters introduces a stress that defines the characters. So I guess what really makes a good fantasy is both a good character and the willingness and desire to do incredible harm to them until you figure out what they, <laughs> what they are. So, so kind of a take on the old kill your darlings advice, torture your darlings. Well, I, I feel like kill your darlings is always about like, do like, I think I felt like kill your darlings was always like, don't get attached to things. Right. Whereas I am saying I'm advocating more of like, a, a, a serial killer mode <laughs> where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you love your characters but <laughs> you also must hurt them for reasons only there's you a code you know yeah. mentally yeah. and emotionally injure and maim them basically well, otherwise, physically what's the point? also Not physically physically absolutely physically yeah but uh i don't remember who it was that said it but you know, there was a the implicate there was a discussion a long time ago that said you know, physical losing doesn't mean, you know, getting beat up or getting killed. There are so many ways you can make a character lose without, you know, destroying them. And I always, I always like the idea of not just what happens if we lose, but how do we survive if we win? Like, what are we going to live with when we claim victory? Yeah. That matters so much in a story I found. And with, both with the Poppy War, with Kings of the Wild, with a darker shade of magic. Mm-hmm. And even with the yeah, Trail of Lightning, which we just read recently as right. well, very much so similar kind of outcome. Yeah, and that's because a hero's journey, if it ends with them completing the task, then it, it, they, don't, they don't feel real. Like, they feel like a function rather than a character. But if they have an issue that sticks with them after they're done, then they feel real because, you know, as we all know in, in life, there are no absolute victories there. Sometimes you get a lot of things that you want, but you never really get everything you want, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. I think we should uh, finish up with a a little bit of spoiler territory. So if you uh, are not Veronica and (sighs) haven't read seven blades in black, then you need to stop right now. You need to, Get the hell out. (laughs) Unless you want to be spoiled. Uh, So there's your warning. Uh, I found Sal to be fantastic. Uh, And one of the reasons I found her to be fantastic is you did a great job of tricking me over and over and over again into thinking she was about to be sincere. And not that she isn't sincere, but there were times when I thought she was going to be sincere that she then, you know, tossed, tossed it out the window uh sometimes probably I'll, by lying right. to me right like you know just to cover up uh and, yeah. and put on her front but I, I, it was really really well done and i enjoyed it every single time can we just rip the band-aid and tell me what happens instead of all this beating around the bush here stuff nobody's beating around the bush but i just want to know the ending <laughs> now if it's going to be spoiled just what happens so Ian spoiled it for me in you the forums. You want Sam Ian, to tell oh. you the end of his book that you haven't read. 
I kind of do. I've never had an author do that before. It's kind of special, I think. All, all right, because it's special. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. This is exciting. Okay. So Ian spoiled a little bit for me in the forums, but not that much. Okay. Um, basically, what happens is Sal kills everyone she intended to, except Jindu. Uh, she can't bring herself to kill him and she lets him go. And because of this, Liette is understandably confused and leaves her. Uh, at which point we cut back to Sal being interrogated and she's reached the end of her story and she's about to be executed. And then it turns out the whole time she was just stalling for time because a clerk inspire who pops in it who, who pops in and out is actually yeah. someone on her list uh he's zanze the beast who has actually been following her this entire time and keeping tabs on her and so she let herself get captured so that she could follow him into his latest disguise because he's a shapeshifter and kill him uh and then it's revealed after she escapes with with Kavrick's help and then mm-hmm. Kavrick also leaves her because she's destroying everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out part of, the, part of the story that Sal has not been telling is that she has been feeding every mage she's killed to the cacophony. And the cacophony is actually incredibly alive and has been listening to this whole thing. And we don't know for what purpose she's doing it yet, but... That's why I have to write three books instead of one. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. So my first question is... Oh, I feel so unclean having done that. <laughs> why? I feel like I should have taken a moral stand. <laughs> but no, it's, it's all... It, you said it was special, so we'll, 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 go, we'll go with that. I've never had an author get to spoil their own book for me before. I think that's kind of cool. Veronica, I think you should promise Sam you're still going to finish reading it. I'm still definitely... <laughs> going to read it. I'm really okay. enjoying reading it. Okay, thank you. That makes um, me feel good. Good. You should feel good. It's a great book. Um I All right, so what is Liette? I mean, okay, that doesn't seem fair because I mean, the whole story up to the point where I'm at, Liette has been very like like don't do this or it has felt like she's been, you know, like let this go. Oh, like, it's be been with over me. between them multiple times, right? Yeah. You think. yeah. So then when she finally seemingly gets what she wants, then she, why does she turn her back on Sal then? Because basically Sal, it was the way she did it. Sal killed mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. Except the one she used to have feelings for. Mm, oh. Mm-hmm. So in Liette's eyes, that's, that's like, you know, of all the ones you could have spared. You spared your ex. You spared your ex. Awkward. Okay. Like, what's Got going it. on there? And also, you just destroyed this the town I was living in. So. So that's also not cool. So, so like, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and yeah, they have, they, like, basically, you know, everyone has a breaking point and Liettes are very unusual. Not very unusual, but Liet has a very high tolerance for what Sal will do, but something mm-hmm. she she can't really handle or she can't let go. 
So it. yeah, it's a uh, for Liette, it's always a choice between loving Sal and preserving herself. Because one of the central themes is that Sal destroys everything she touches, mm-hmm. including people. So the thing that I thought I was spoiled on, you didn't mention. So now oh. I don't know if it was a real spoiler or if it was a red herring. What, what was the spoiler? So Ian said that Sal loses her powers. Oh, that's the back. The book. There's a flashback to her oh. losing her powers because she used to be one of the mages. Right. Right. So, yeah, I know enough to know that she used to be one of the mages. Okay. So that was a flashback that maybe I haven't gotten to yet. Is that the room? Like the kind of like the purple room? Yeah, the dark place that she talks about. The dark place. Mm. Okay. Got it. Okay. That's related to that. And and who she was back then is a bit of a spoiler, I suppose. Oh, so we don't have to spoil that. So there's still more surprises. Excellent. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So you have so much stuff in there that even there's, like the primary spoiler still is not yeah, all the spoiling. It's, it's all it's all out there, isn't it? Just waiting. So where are you in the process of of writing more books? Book two is pretty much done, and by the time people hear this, it will probably be in the editor's hands. Ooh, and. I'm very pleased with it because I didn't really know what was going to happen when I started writing it. Oh, and wow. I've, I've just, I like, even as my writing principles have gotten less and less uh, compromising, my writing processes have become more and more haphazard. So I feel like I'm just setting myself up for like an incredible breakdown because I, I have a, a very high standard for myself, but I have very low standards for how I get there. So eventually I will just fail to live up to that and the stress of it will make me go just berserk. It sounds like you're setting obstacles for yourself to see if you can get over them. I do hate myself, so... <laughs> Well, I do that's like no. I, called I'm, being I'm human. Kidding. Yeah, I'm. I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, I. I do like challenging myself. The more, the further I go in on this, like mm-hmm. I'm getting kind of bored with violence mm. specifically, but I love fight scenes. So, it's like I don't like because I. I don't know if you guys have ever had this where you just like watch a movie or read a book and there's like something exceptionally gory or shocking, but you can't bring yourself to care about it. Like the entirety of John wick three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I enjoyed, but it felt very desensitized after the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And like at a certain point, violence stops carrying emotional weight. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in my last books, uh, well in, in every book, book i've written i've become progressively less and less okay with weightless violence Mm -hmm. because it just feels like filler like in my first book i couldn't get enough fight scenes i loved it uh in my second book still loved fight scenes dialed it back a little made sure everyone had a motivation for it and now in seven blades i'm much less interested in the violence than in the aftermath 
It's one of the reasons it's interesting that you brought up Poppy War earlier, because it's one of the reasons I like Wuxia films and TV shows, which are very much in RF Quang's uh, admission, uh, an influence on that. And also Jade War by, by Fonda Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a Wuxia right. fan uh, because they're very much about let's have the fights because they're cool for reasons, but let's not focus on the violence of the fights. Right. Uh, and you know, when, when you love fight scenes as both of those authors clearly do, and they write fight scenes really well, Mm -hmm. you kind of hit this point where you want it, but you're not satisfied with just throwing it out there. Yeah. yeah. So you, you want the scene, but then you have to invent motivations and consequences and that informs the next scene. And it's. It's kind of interesting because you'll start with just a desire to do something cool and then constructing all the necessary plot and motivation to get to that cool thing makes the story. Yeah, that's a really good perspective about it. So, all right. So we know the the next book's coming soon. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where can everyone follow your other work and, and things that you're doing online? I'm ha- I'm having a pretty good year in that I have a lot of work and most of it is stuff I can't talk about yet. Ooh, excellent. Uh you can follow me at samsykes.com and you can follow me on Twitter at samsykeswears. And that's where I'm most active. You can follow me on Facebook if you want, but I stopped going there. <laughs> And eventually I'll show back up and just probably write something angry at everyone following me, like individually. Mm. And mm-hmm. then once I'm done, I'll close my account. I'm just also like a, one on, giant shit post to all of Facebook. I feel they deserve it. Yeah. Like I feel I should put the time and energy into it. <laughs> Seems productive. Yeah. But also on Instagram, I'm at the worst unicorn, all one word. I'm not really sure what I do there. Lots of cute baby pictures lately. Yeah. Yeah. I have two very adorable nephews, uh, both of whom I am just all about because one of them, I just now noticed looks like an old man who runs (laughs) a chippy. And now I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. But uh, they're adorable. So I post a lot of them. I post a lot of my dogs. For a while, I was posting pictures of Benedict Wong and (laughs) tagging existential rants to them because I find Benedict Wong very soothing. Mm -hmm. And I I think he's a great actor and he's my favorite character in the Marvel movies. Hmm. And I feel I'm just putting it out there, you know, unfortunately... Uh, the, the actor who plays Hawkeye is going through some stuff. His future is a little uncertain mm-hmm. and he was going to have a spinoff series for Hawkeye. Right. What I'm saying is we still have the real estate mm-hmm. for a spinoff series. Let's just give it to Benedict Wong. I back that. Yeah. Let's just have, let's just have a spinoff where Wong gets to do his own thing. I'm into it. And Man, if you could cross it over with Marco Polo so it explains oh. that the character from the Marvel Universe was, in <laughs> fact, Kublai Khan. That would be amazing. That would be incredible. <laughs> Marvel, pay attention. We hereby 
we hereby allow you to use this <laughs> for a great deal of money. Yeah, for split a great three deal ways, of money. which yes. will feel All like nothing to you, but will be a lot. Feel for like us. nothing to you. We'll buy. We'll each buy our own rotisserie chicken. That's right. I'm vegetarian. We'll each buy. <laughs> two of us will buy a rotisserie chicken. One of us will buy a head of lettuce boiled over. Um, Doesn't feel urn. like an equal split. I don't know what vegetarians. See, eat. it always breaks down in the negotiations, doesn't it? I know. I know. This is how this is. And Marvel knows. They've been through this recently. <laughs> they understand. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> I will give my rotisserie chicken to Veronica if we get a, a Wong spinoff. <laughs> I don't I'm want not, your rotisserie chicken, I'm not, Sam. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to eat it. I'm not saying what, you have we to eat. could give Veronica the cash value of a rotisserie chicken. Okay, there we go. All right, all right. Eat Veronica, the sum of the princely sum of six dollars in the form of a Whole Foods <laughs> gift certificate. Five ninety nine with a with a club card Perfect. is yours. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sam, thank you so much for being on the show. We love having you. Is there any thank final you words for inviting me. you want to say to um, either Stephen King or Michael? <laughs> Uh, Stephen King, I watched In the Tall Grasses. That was very spooky grass. So, good job. Uh, to Mike Cole, I'm currently in the middle of a Breath of the Wild playthrough. And I know, I should know this, but, uh, I'm at the part where I have to take down Thunderblight Ganon in Von Naboris, and I can't remember which shrine gives you the rubber armor so if you can if you remember like please just let me know so that i can get on with my game like there's no rush because i'm still just looking for shrines and koroks but uh you can just email email feedback at sword and mike and we'll pass it along yeah. yeah just just email it uh tweet it if you wanted to start a hostage situation to get on the news Ooh. So long as you don't hurt anyone, but you do impart that crucial information to me, mm-hmm. that would be amenable. Perfect. Like, I have no problem. I have no problems with that. Okay. If any of our listeners know the answer to that question, would you accept that as well? Or just Mike Cole? They should just tell just, Mike on Twitter. They should just tell Mike on Twitter. You're right. I'll accept it, but I would like them to tag me and Stephen King and <laughs> Mike Cole in the tweet. Perfect. I don't think Stephen King plays Breath of the Wild, but if he does, I'm sure I'm sure he would appreciate this. If you get blocked by Stephen King because of this, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I will will consider that a huge win if we get blocked (laughs) by Stephen King because of this. So just putting that out there into the world. If you get blocked by Stephen King because he can't answer Breath of the Wild questions, please do let us know. I really, I am my my at the top of my list for names for this episode. Shitposting Stephen King is number one. Um, yeah. So just be aware that that's going to be on Google for Stephen Hell King yeah. moving Stephen forward. Shitpost King. <laughs> all right. And for all of you out there, thank you so much for listening. Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us or learn more, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Uh, Seven Blades in Black, for instance, is linked right there on our picks page at sword and laser.com slash picks. 
Yes, send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157sword6. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, Stephen King. Bye, Stephen King.